end of the line. Episode 11, Dawn. Wishing you a long and happy marriage with all my love, your sis, darling, sister, Dawn. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Look, it's, it's impulsive, if you ask me. Sorry, but there's billions of blokes in the world and she's marrying the first one she's ever slept with? Nah, no. I'm not buying it. It can't be that good. These things have to be thought through. Look, weigh up the options for a second, darling. You can't just get married. Ridiculous. I, I could get married if I wanted I just like to think there's a suitable plus one for every occasion, so I need to keep my options open. I'm thinking Archie or Jess for this one. The serious contenders, anyway. No, no, no. I'm I'm just giving you a moment. You know, let that sink in. You good? Yeah, don't worry about it. My parents needed a minute to process it as well, and they still can't say the word bisexual out loud. Four dates each so far. Archie, very handsome, very traditional, very jawline. And Jess, <laughs> she can down three tequila shots without using her hands. Mm-hmm. So I've texted them both, just in case. No reply yet, but that's fine. It's fine. It's not that I need a partner. It's just easier to turn up with someone in your arm, isn't it? If you're single and childless by the time you turn 30, people assume there must be something wrong with you. Dodgy fallopian tubes, or, you know, maybe you're just um, unlovable, frigid, indecisive. I don't, I really have no idea. But then you're still childless, I suppose. And that means one of two types of conversation. If I show up with Archie, it will be, "Uh uh-oh, clock's ticking, the oven can't make buns forever. It's like they smell testosterone, and that doesn't smell good, on my arm. And suddenly I start to radiate maternity. My loins become ripe for baby-shaped fruits. People say things like, you're glowing. I've always thought you'd be a natural mum. And my mum starts telling me, I've got the knack. Whatever the fuck that is. I went to a christening last month. The baby is shrieking and sobbing like there's no tomorrow. And they shove him in my arms like I'm the fucking Lord our saviour. And, look, and I feel like I'm being tested. But, praise be to me, he grabs my little finger and lets out this breath, like he's relieved. And then, just silence. Nailed it. It's quite nice, I suppose, to feel like a natural at something. But to be honest, I think he just shat his nappy. If I bring Jess on the other hand, that's a different ball game. (laughs) But um, 
Now, apart from the tequila, Jess is one of the most motherly women I've ever met. But when I brought her to my dad's BBQ, that's another issue, not a single question about my uterus and only one about scissoring. I know, a miracle. I thought, finally, I'm being respected as an independent, fully formed, bona fide woman, even without children. Woohoo! What a time to be alive. Oh, it must be hard though, dear, not being able to do things the natural way. And there we have it. Shitty conversation number two. I've gone from being motherfucking Teresa to being unnatural. They don't mean it in the bible sense, but I just... What the fuck does being a natural mum mean? Being fertile? Tick. Having big tits? Tick, tick. Being straight? Ah, uh, two out of the three's all right. But does anyone actually remember the Bible? Virgin fucking Mary? She got pregnant by the world's most distant sperm donor, and I bet she didn't get any of this natural shit. But I say to myself, come on Dawn, you can't smack Auntie Jo at a barbecue. And I very calmly and politely say to her, I have no preference. There is no difference between men and women. It's about their values. Like, do they respect my independence? Do they prefer soft or hard cheese? Archie's ticklish on his left earlobe and Jess has a phobia of shirt buttons. He wants to teach piano to the kids and she wants to name hers Emmeline. Yeah, as in Pankhurst. Bit lame, but that's the stuff I love, Auntie Jo. Oh, it's not easy for your lot, is it? Got to be so careful these days. You never know who's round the corner of a machine gun. Fucking hell, Auntie Jo. Okay, okay, yeah, so there are going to be some differences. If I choose a man, that means what? Stubbly kisses for the rest of my life? Yeah. But that means holding hands in public? No funny looks. That means babies are the natural next step. But babies will be easier. If I choose a woman, that means solidarity, shared wardrobes, pride parades, no shaving. But that means constant sideways glances, black eyes on buses. That means adoption, maybe. Paperwork, money, IVF. That means all these questions like who will carry the baby? Will it matter if it's not mine? Will I resent her if it's hers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have asked me that. Would I resent her? I always say no. But I don't know. Is it wrong if I do? Archie's a simpler option, no question. Plus he's got a jacuzzi and that definitely makes life easier. But hey, having kids and not having to go through childbirth and potentially shit yourself, that's the jackpot, right? Jess can pop them out and poop it out for me. Okay, fucking hell, that got gross and escalated. I don't even know if I want a kid. 
But when you're dating at my age, everyone expects you to have an answer, don't they? Straight men, gay women, they want you to know that they're the one you've always pictured. As if I'm some kind of fucking prophet. When you imagine your future, who's raising your kids, a man or a woman? I can't answer that. Mm, okay, it's, it's like takeaways. Stick with me. You could go to a chicken shop and buy a pizza. Or you could go to the pizza shop and buy cheesy chips. They all sell the same stuff. It is just branding. And figuring out what takeaway you want when you're not even hungry is famously impossible. What does having a baby taste like? Probably porridge and a bit of sick? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. I am being indecisive. But that has nothing to do with being bisexual and everything to do with being Libra. Am I right? But everything has to mean something. It's not just a plus one, is it? What if I catch the fucking bouquet? Then suddenly it's babies or not, adoption or not, cock or not. Nothing can just be because I feel like it today. Or because I love him. Or her. Or just because I want someone to spoon me under the duvet and kiss my neck from behind and whisper there's a Terry's chocolate orange in the fridge for you. I don't know. Maybe whoever actually replies, go with them. How about that? Because right now, I've got no options at all. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, fuck it. Let the universe decide. God, I fucking hate weddings. You say this is the end of the line. Didn't you know? Dawn was played by April Kelly. The episode was written by Tom Taplin and directed by Mark Haywood. Production and editorial support by Hetty Hodgson. Music by Daisy Chute and Carrie Ann from The Herd Collective. The episode was recorded at The Sound Company in London and edited by Pocket Blockbuster. The End of the Line is an Ink Jockey production. But this is not the end of the line.